Good morning. It's great to be here this morning just to kind of start, carry on this series that Joe started last week called um, Advent Conspiracy. If you remember, if you were here last week and if you weren't, I'd encourage you to listen to the talk. Um, Joe was just talking about those kind of aspects we had up there, kind of worshipfully, spend less, can't read the one over there, give more uh, and love all. And this morning, I just really want to just focus in on the, the worship fully bit and how this can also outwork itself as we seek to be a uh, love and to bless those around it. The reason why we're doing this series, Joe started last week and we'll finish next week, um, Stephen, uh, kind of the, the youth pastor will be sharing at the family service, is I don't know about you, but it's so easy to get caught up um, in Christmas. You know, all the stuff that you have to do. I don't know about you, but my wife loves making lists. And um, all the different things you need to buy and all the different, kind of, you know, children and what they want. Uh, and we kind of get caught up with that. You know, the meal, the lunch, seeing people. Some of them you want to see. Some of them maybe don't want to see, but you feel like you should see. And, um, and we just get caught up in all these things. And we forget that Christmas is all about Christ, is all about Jesus. And so our desire as part of doing this series is just kind of trying to prepare us as individuals in some ways to put Christ back into Christmas. Because that's what it's about. However, this, this morning, I, I want to share on that, but in some ways, just being the way I'm wired, I kind of want to raise the bar uh, and increase it. Because the things I share today, and particularly the applications, do not just help us to put Christ back into Christmas, they help put Christ back into the new year, into the next year, into our conversations um, at the school gate, into our conversations that we have maybe on the door queue, into bringing Christ back into our lectures, filling the, fill the gap for you. Because, you know, Jesus, Christ, is not just for Christmas, it's for life. I borrowed that from somebody. No, I actually changed it. And we kind of know that, but sometimes we don't really know how to do that. And so the things I'm showing today, yes, it's about kind of preparing us for Christmas, but it's preparing us for life. Because living in the fullness of who Jesus is, is not just for Christmas. Though sometimes we need particular help because of all the distractions. It's for life. And as Joe said last week, uh, one of the phrases that Joe really shared last week and stressed last week, that this series is a, an invitation and a challenge. It's an invitation to a different way of thinking and living that will cost us everything and give us everything. It's a wonderful opportunity to enter into all that God wants to do at Christmas and in life. So worshipfully, let's see if this works. I have some success in this. Oh, brilliant. I'm glad I got glasses. It's, uh, it's a lot more dim on the back. And um, there's a verse which is quite well known. It's a verse and it says here, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. As Nigel just mentioned a few times and Joe mentioned last week, you know, we're doing this Advent conspiracy. I'm focusing on worship fully and I'm also talking and feeding in this idea of practicing the presence of God. And I'll explain that a little bit more in a minute. But at its essence, at its root, is this verse that God is 
with us. The universe, I want to kind of hold at the same time, not intention, but kind of feeds into it, actually goes back thousands of years before. And uh, it's a little bit longer. It's, it's Jacob's dream at Bethel. And um, I'm going to summarize it. You can read it. But the idea is, it's kind of Jacob is, is running away um, from his brother who wants to kill him. And um, he finds this place and um, he's tired. He lies down. He doesn't have the best bed in the world. He uses a stone as his pillow. And um, God just comes and meets him. He has like, a, I don't know if it's a dream or a vision or kind of like a, a stairway, a ladder, and angels kind of coming up and down. That's great. I wish I had dreams like that. And, um, and then at the end it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid. What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Surely the Lord is in this place. And you know, to be honest, and they named that place Bethel, meaning God is going to with us. He's there. And to be honest, he could have fallen asleep anywhere and he would have had the same experience. God would have met him there. And so I kind of want to talk about those two verses when we talk about worshipping fully. This idea that God is with us, Emmanuel. He has come to be with us. And yet at the same time, sometimes we are not aware that he is there. It's a bit like the books, and I'm not sure I'm going to name both of them. Because I know the Americans call it one thing and the English call it something else. And I can't remember what they call it in England, having lived with Americans for a number of years. Kind of finding Waldo, finding Wally. What do they use in England? Where's Wally? Oh, what's happened to it? It's lost it. Oh, where's it gone? Yeah, where's Wally? Oh, there he is. <laughs> I'm not explaining it, just, uh, it looks a lot better than yours. If you don't know about it, if you haven't had children, I didn't really know about this as a, as a child, you're looking for somebody who's wearing like striped red and white and somebody very particular. And um, whichever page you're looking at, these are books, whichever page you're looking at, somewhere in that picture, there's Wally, yeah? I've got it right, Wally? I've got to get this man. There's Wally, Wally, I've got to get into my head. We know around Americans too. Somewhere he's in there. And uh, these pictures have got lots. Here's another one. Whoa, that's a little bit. I knew it was going to blow it. It was going to be a little bit harder. And it doesn't matter which picture you're looking at. Wally is in there sometimes. And that's a bit like our lives. Sorry? Okay, it's always like our lives. Whatever. <laughs> well, we're going into active audience today. Whatever page of your life that you are in. God is there. God is always there. And sometimes it's easier to see him, and sometimes it's harder to see him. But he's always there. God is always there. Emmanuel is always there. We just have to learn and become better at becoming more aware of where he is. And... Um, People, oh, those who used to follow Jesus years ago, they had a phrase about what it meant to find Wally. But what they really meant was to find God in every situation, in every page of their life, whatever that may be. And they caught that practicing the presence of God. 
Uh, I need to go back because I think my order. I was thinking about this a number of weeks ago, and I was thinking, as a, as a phrase, practicing the presence of God, how can I in some ways communicate that to make a little bit more sense rather than this kind of fiend up in the air? And I felt God say another way of phrasing practicing the presence of God is inviting God into our everyday lives so the ordinary will turn the ordinary into the extraordinary. That's what it means to practice the presence of God. That whatever page of life that we are in, when we become aware of God in that page, in that situation, for some of you that page maybe looks quite bleak. For some of you that page maybe looks quite good. Another way of looking at it in relation to what we're talking about today is just imagine that picture of Christmas. Throw in the presents, throw in the lunch, throw in the, the staff meals, wherever it is. We need to find God and invite God to become a reality. And when that happens, it's never an ordinary situation. It becomes extraordinary. And we need to begin to live in that and outwork that. Why is that important? You know, if you hear me speak, I often just share principle. Then I always talk about why should we be interested in this subject at all? And, uh, and there's various reasons. But I think even just starting with those words, Emmanuel, God with us. If we could kind of grasp hold of that, it, it, it blows my mind. In some ways, I don't have time to kind of give it justice today. God. I mean, just think about God. Wow. The one that created the world. The almighty, the all-knowing is there with us. I was thinking about this yesterday. My mind just works about this, like this. I was trying to come up with an idea, a solution to a situation. And I thought, God never says, I have no idea. And whatever situation, maybe you're in a situation, you're kind of Wally Page, is a situation in that you're trying to figure out how to solve this issue. And God, who has every idea, is in it. He's all-knowing. Wow, it just blows my mind. And I could go, the, the, the God who just threw stars into heaven. You know, I've just been you know, looking up, particularly all the fireworks have been around recently, and you see the fireworks, and then when they die down, you see the stars, and you look, and he threw them into heaven. That God, and I could go on and on and on, I don't have time this morning, is with us. Wow. I mean, it's a, it's a simple phrase, but it's a, it's a powerful phrase. And if we grasp hold of it, it's revolutionary. He's with us. What confidence does that give you? If you walk into a situation, I don't have time to share, but some of you know that I, for a number of years, my wife and I, saw, uh, my wife and I lived abroad uh, in the Middle East. And one of the things we had to do regularly was uh, to go and get your visa. And these places are not exactly built, you know, uh, and they're very intimidating places. And I remember as we began to grasp more and more God with us, you know, uh, just that idea, as we go in there, we have God Almighty, the King of Kings, the ruler of rulers, the person who put the head of the visa office in that, his position. Wow, when you begin to get that, it gives you boldness and confidence. God with us. In Scripture it says, you know, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Wow. With Christ, there's overflowing hope. I don't know about any, any one of you, but 
That sounds a lot like Christmas, or what Christmas should be like. Hope and joy. And again, maybe as you look at your page of your life at, uh, this morning, there doesn't seem to be a great deal of hope and joy. And we're going to have an opportunity to pray into that. I bumped into Stephen, who I mentioned earlier, the youth pastor, and he says, um, we're speaking about um, this, the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I think you need to mention that in your talk. And I said, that's great, because I'm doing that already. I really believe one thing that God wants to do today is just bring joy. Joy is hiding in that page. We just need to draw it out and to focus in on it, as in the, the Wally page, not that one. <laughs> as you're looking, trying to find a hidden message of joy there. So God with us, it's important. Throughout the Bible, the Bible, there's lots of ways of looking at the Bible. One way of looking at the Bible is it's full of stories of God calling people and inviting them into adventures, into a different and a better way of doing life. And as you look through the Bible, you, you hear stories of different people in different situations. And God comes along and calls them and says, come follow me. I'm calling you into amazing adventure. Different people, different things, but there's one thing you find in all of them. In all of them, God only gives one promise. He says, I will, be, I will be with you. Maybe one of the most famous ones is the kind of Great Commission, go into all the world, etc., etc. And it finishes off, the last verse in Matthew, I will be with you. The story of Joshua, you know, be bold and courageous, go into the new things I'm calling you into. And for some of you, that would be in the new year. God's calling you into new things in the new year. And God's saying, I am going to be with you. There's something obviously important about this idea of God being with us as he calls us. For some of you um, here, this might be the first time you're here. And as you've been in the service, and as Nigel was saying, you know, there's been awareness of the peace, the goodness of God in this place. And you hear that invitation from God say, saying, will you follow me for the first time? It's kind of an invitation, it's a challenge. And the thing he's saying is, I will be with you. And so again, I don't have time. I kind of feel like I could do a series on this. Maybe we'll do it one day. But that idea, this is important. Because that's the only thing God promised people throughout the stories of Scripture. I will be with you. We also need it because, like I said before, this idea of worshipping fully outworks itself as we meet and interact with people. If you've been coming in this term, Nigel's been doing a series on, on Romans, and I think he gets to it before he finishes Romans 8. Yeah, he finishes on Romans 8. And I'm not, I'm not going to do Romans, but there's a verse in Romans 8 where it talks about the earth kind of groaning, yearning for people to come into the fulfillment of who they are. Yearning for people to come into the fullness and understanding of the revelation, what we're talking about this morning. Because when you really understand that God is with you, it starts to affect those around you. See, the presence that you're most aware of, that you tap into, is the easiest one to kind of release to those around you. You cannot give what you do not have. And so as we become aware of God's presence, it's not just for us. It's not just going to bring in joy, life, fullness of life into our page. It also begins to release it into other people's pages. If that makes sense, using that illustration. As somebody, I think I've got, my slides are slightly messed up, so I'm hoping. Jump. 
quoting from Bill Johnson here. When we, uh, he's a pastor in the, in the States, and he said this, when we live consciously of heaven and eternity, it changes the way we live and radically increases our measure of impact on society. It's really quite amazing that the ones who see heaven most clearly have little desire for this world, yet they are the ones who have the greatest impact on the world around them. And that's kind of what we mean. And when we become conscious of heaven, or what I'm saying is we've been become conscious of heaven, Wally, in our situations, of God, then everything changes. The way we live and what we release. To maybe say it another way, um, there's a theologian, uh, actually a philosopher, greatly impacted the, the vineyard, just died in I think the last few years, a guy called Dallas Willard. And um, he shares this story. He talks about growing up in uh, southern Missouri, which is a state in, uh, in America. And he talks about when the electricity company, I mean, he lived many years ago and when he was younger, and the electricity company moved into the area. They extended the, the lines of electricity into the area where he lived. And this, this is what he said. And electrical power became available to households and farms. When those lines came by our farm, a very different way of living presented itself. Our relationship to fundamental aspects of life, daylight and dark, hot and cold, clean and dirty, work and leisure, preparing food and preserving it, could be vastly changed for the better. But we still had to believe in electricity and its arrangements, understanding them and take practical steps involved in relying on it. You may think, this is still Dallas Willard, that this comparison is rather crude, and in some respects it is. But it will help us understand Jesus' basic message about the kingdom of heaven, but for me, pressing into the presence of God. If we pause to reflect on those farmers who in fact heard the message, repent for electricity, or if I'm going to use my language, repent for God is there. He's at hand. Turn from your creosote lamps and lanterns, your icebox and cellars, your scrub boards and rug beaters, your woman-powered sewing machines and your radios with dry cells. The power that could make their lives far better was there, near them, whereby making relatively simple arrangements, they could utilize it. And so this idea of the, of the presence of God is like, it's like that electricity. It is available. A bit like when it moved into Dallas' Willow's area. The question, the challenge was, were they willing to connect into it? And that's the invitation or that challenge I, I mentioned right at the... Right at the beginning, are we willing to step into it and see what God wants to do? Because when we do that, everything changes. I think I've shared this before. I, I see myself, one of my roles in life is to be a, um, kind of the parish minister for Asda in Charles Ford. You know, and um, whenever I go in there, not always, but often when I go in there, as Katie knows, I, I quite like shopping. Uh, mainly because I have like, I'm an introvert, so I try to put myself in situations. I'm very intentional where I meet lots of people. And as days, packed with people if you choose the right time. And, um, and some of them, particularly the ones behind the tills, are trapped. Uh, 
And so when I go into that situation, I just look, wow. You know, as there's a bit like that picture I gave earlier. And I'm thinking, where's Wally here? Where's God? Where's God at work here? What is he doing? I was in hospital recently and um, looking after Daniel's arm. And Katie said, you know, um, how are things going? I went, it's amazing. I said, this hospital is packed full of people that need God. That need, people don't go to hospitals because they're doing well. They've got pain. They've got frustration. I'm like, they're all here. I don't have to go to anybody. They're all here. But whatever situation you're in, that's happening. And God is there. We just need to find ways of finding him and pressing into him. Okay, I'm going to go back to that. Let's stay on this page. So I just want to give you a few tools very quickly just to finish off. Hopefully, as I've been talking, it's been stirring your heart, this idea like God is here. Whatever situation you're in, God is there. Family, work, no work, God is there. And we've got this invitation to enter into the reality of that and then to release that. How can that become more reality in our life? And I'm just going to share a, a few tools. The first one is probably goes back to that definition I gave you about practice the presence of God. Inviting God into your everyday life. And it's as simple as that. In some ways, it's as complex and simple as that. Just inviting you God, becoming aware of God, and saying, God, as I do this, I didn't have time to do it. I got a quote by John Piper. And what it really says is, anything done unto God is worship. I'm going to paraphrase it. And so whatever it is in life, it can become worship. It can be an opportunity to release the presence of God into that situation. So my driving can be an act of worship. Uh, I don't know, this afternoon if I'm going to play, I, uh, I have to suspect I'm going to play either Monopoly or uh, as a Catan, don't worry if you don't know that. But that can, can be, I'm playing a game with the children, or it can be, I'm playing a game with the children, and in addition, it's an act of worship unto God. The big difference is, do I invite God into that game of Catan? Is that going to make sense? Every day is an opportunity, and do we want to invite God into it. And it's possible. There's a famous book, if you haven't read it and you want to learn more about it, it's called Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. I used to think, he was a cook, and I used to think, oh, it's easy for him. You know, it's easy when you're cooking. And then I started seeing some of the cookery programs. Talk about a stressful place, people yelling, but yeah, in that place, he was able to just become aware of God in every situation as he gave it to God. And you've got to figure out ways of doing it. Uh, I, I, one of the ways I used to do when I was a student, um, and I don't have to do the same now, I used to be a lecturer, I've been on both sides. You kind of like, you have to write really, really quickly, because you, you just speak. And so I used to prepare myself the day before, I'd get like my, my, my paper, and I'd write at the top of it, PP of P, as in practice the presence of God. And so as I was kind of writing away really, really fast, and then I flick, you know, my next page. Just at the top, I just have this little glimpse of this PP of P. And it reminded me, just that moment, same time as I was listening to the lecture, of God being there. I've seen done things like post-it notes. I often talk about the discipline of the post-it notes. Discipline is anything that helps to become more like Jesus. And just sticking it on your, your, um, over your key of your car, if you drive a car, whatever it may be, I could go on and on, but we've got to work out ways 
of reminding ourselves to invite God into our situation. It's a bit like tie-dyeing. You're going, what's he on about now? Here's one I prepared earlier. It's good. Yes, I know. It's my, my son Daniel. I asked him. And if you know anything about tie-dyeing, is, there's a couple of things, principles. One, the, you only get the things dyed that you, you leave exposed to the dye. And secondly, the longer you leave it in that dye, the brighter the colour. If you haven't clicked with it, the principle and sense of practicing the presence of God is, it's a bit like tire dyeing. If I expose and invite God into every area of my life, then I will become fully dyed with the reality of all that God is, all that heaven is, the joy, the peace, the restoration, the, the list goes on. And the longer I spend in that dye, the deeper it goes. And so one of my challenges to myself and an invitation and challenge to you is, again, what areas of your life is God calling you that need to be exposed to the touch and the dye of the reality of the presence and the kingdom of God? Funny, as Eric was sharing, it reminded me of another illustration I used to use, and I completely forgot about it, which was to do with radiators. Again, you could look at it that way. If you just look at your house, it's like your areas. You know, the, the living room could be your workplace. The kitchen could be your, your family. And they all got radiators in them. And they all have the potential to heat. But you have to open them. And again, be it tired dial, be it radiators. Whichever illustration sits most comfortably in your mind, there's that invitation and that challenge of opening our lives Open up those relationships, those situations, so that the presence, the reality of God can begin to flood into it. So invite God. That's the basic one. Here's a few other things just to help. Um, Joe mentioned last week, and they are now selling. Oh, I've been told I've got to have a prompt. <laughs> they don't really have because you can't see anything on them. <laughs> These candles, we started using these as a family, and it was just a simple way, um, partly just to slow down and to invite God into our family life. If you haven't seen them before, they just have different names of God on them, and I can't remember how often, uh, they take about 15 minutes to burn. And, um, and we just generally use it as a family, um, if you're not in a family, whatever unit you're in. And even maybe you're in a situation, you think, well, that doesn't really work for me, because Nobody, you know, in my kind of community, in my kind of household, um, kind of believes in Jesus. But I was thinking it's still a good excuse because whether you follow Jesus or not, we're all aware that this is a hectic time of life. And so if you're in a situation where those in your kind of community, in your household, whatever that looks like, uh, at this point in time are not following Jesus, you can say, hey, well, we can still do this. Let's just use it as a time just to be still uh, and remember what Christmas is really about, because everybody knows that Christmas is not all about presents and toys. It's about relationship. Ultimately, relationship with Jesus is about relationship. So these are selling at £2. Go and get them. We do have a limited amount of candles. But it's a way of trying to invite God into our lives. Another one, um, this is thanks to Chris and his technology, because I could never do this. 
when we were talking about this on staff, I said, this is the way I'd, I'd do this best. You know, I was talking about Asda. I can go into Asda and I can be totally unaware of God being there, to be honest, because sometimes I'm just rushing around. Or I can drive from one place to the other place. Or I'm doing the kind of school run and always kind of, you know, if you do school runs, you know what it's like. It's all kind of chaotic and I've already got their bags. And I'm just I'm not aware of God being in that situation. And one of the best ways that helps me, and this is where Katie particularly helps me, is she'll she send me a text. I might be in Asda and I'll get a little message. Beep! Comes up. And it says, Something like this, what is God up to? In some ways, nothing's changed, but in some ways, everything's changed. Because when I get that message, it just kind of suddenly gives me that opportunity to invite God into that situation. And suddenly, Asda becomes very exciting. Or whatever situation is in. And so I shared this with the staff, and they said, can you do this? And I said, I know, they said can you do it? And I went, No. <laughs> but Chris can. And, um, uh, and so this is an invitation right now. If you've got a phone and you want to do this, we've set this up. So once it hits December, and we might keep doing it for longer, you will get a message. It will come randomly. Because I don't know about you. I've tried some of these things before. And when you get them at the same time every day, it works for like the first four or five days. And then it's like, oh, it's that reminder. It kind of loses some of its effect. And so I'd encourage you. Right now, get your phones out if you want to do this. And what you'll do is you'll get a message randomly during December leading up to Christmas. I haven't yet figured out, me and Joe are going to figure out everything we're going to write on it. But it will just be something simple. It might just be something like, practice the presence of God. It might be something like, who needs encouragement right now? It might be something like, smile at somebody. It might be something like, just be still. Whatever it is, it's just a, a, a reminder and creating that opportunity to break into your life. So if you've got to do it, if you don't happen to have your phone with you, this is the, all this information I'm showing, particularly at the end, is also there on the church website. But it's a very powerful thing. It's a great opportunity. Sorry? Oh, yeah, it's just once a day. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to get in a, in a day. Oh, some more people grabbing the phones. Yeah, this is just once a day. Uh, once a day, randomly, at some point in that day, you'll get a message. I think Chris might guarantee he doesn't arrive at like 11.50 at night or something. <laughs> it, um, another thing we're going to do is, is quiet days. We actually got two quiet days, but ever, even before finishing this talk, we're now down to one quiet day, because one quiet day is, is totally booked up. And... Um, I'm trying to figure out how to describe a quiet day as another tool. A quiet day is a bit like, for the, spirit, for the spiritual, a boot camp is for the body. I've never done a boot camp. I never really felt like I needed one. But um, people that have done it tell me the idea of a boot camp is just going to like to give you a really strong kickstart. Can I get you into fitness? Um, however, as I'm very aware, and those people that do it very well, is you can do a boot camp. It can be a fantastic boot camp. But you've got to carry on outliving it week by week, or not, it's just a waste of time. And a quiet day is a bit like that. A quiet day is one of the things we wanted to do just to kind of help us as a church to kind of create space and time for God to break in. And so this is a bit like a boot camp for the spirit, um, just for the spiritual stillness. 
And uh, so if you're interested, anyone that's left is now Saturday the 12th. The details again are on the church website. It's going to go from 9.30 to 2.30. It's at my, my mother-in-law's, uh, who does a great job. She's done it for a number of years for us as a church. It's in Lyndhurst. And so it's a great kind of environment. Just kind of imagine log fires. Deer walking past your window, as you know. Um, the wild ponies walking past your window. That's it. That is not a false image of my in-law's house. And in that place, just creating space, setting aside time, saying, God, I want to invite you to break through into my life. Maybe particularly for some of you who find this particularly hard, this would be a great discipline. It's like a kickstart. And the other things I've shared are more day by day. And lastly, just one thing, because um, we're talking about this the other day, and they go, Paul, you've got to share this. It's called the prayer of examine. And um, we're talking about it as a staff, as you're aware, you've been aware of this last two weeks. Poor Nigel has had to do the notices the last two weeks. It's like fires coming from here, because he's trying to get through all these notices uh, and there's lots more that we could share. There's a lot of things happening, and we were just aware that as a staff, and maybe the same in you, you've got lots of things happening. Uh, and so I just suggested um, what's called the prayer of examine, which is just a way of kind of slowing down and bringing God back into your life. Again, this is a practice that people that have said they love Jesus and following Jesus have been doing for probably about a thousand years. Uh, and it's very simple. We could do it right now. There's two bits to it. You often do hand signals with it. So if you see me doing that, I'm just so used to doing it. First thing, you normally do this at the end of the day. But I don't know about you, this seems a long day so far for me. (laughs) My kid's getting up early. And the first thing you do is just you put your hands like this. You don't have to, but it's just the way I often do it. And it's traditionally the way of doing it. And you just relive a moment in your life. This day, if you have to go into yesterday, do so. But hopefully just today. Something that happened today that you're really just thankful for. And you just relive that memory. It might be, you know, for me, I had a, a really yummy um, hot croissant this morning, chocolate croissant. You know, and I just relived that moment as my teeth went crunch through the croissant and then that kind of oozy chocolate went in. And um, whatever it may be, just might, it might be a music, it, whatever it is, just relive that moment and just say, thank you, God. So it's going to take you just a few seconds. It doesn't take long. And then you just flick your hands over if you're, going to, if you're doing that. And that's just to do with just letting go. You might still have thoughts bouncing around in your head today or right now. But it's just things of that day that you just need to let go of. So you're going to relive your, kind of, your worst moment. Maybe it was your drive here and somebody cut in on you. Whatever it is, and you just let go of it. Again, I just give you say you kind of relive it, and you just pass on the emotions as well as the event. Amen. God, I should finish with Amen. But that's just again, just a very simple thing of trying to bring. Particularly as it starts coming up to Christmas and there's so many things happening. And it's very good for you. Uh, and just to learn to process the day, the good and the bad. So just to kind of quickly uh, summarize. 
we got that invitation. Whatever page of life you're in, God is there. Some of you just need to hear that this morning. God is there. And we have that invitation, and it's also a challenge to step into that day by day. To live in that reality of being before God in every situation. And then releasing it. And I kind of just went through some tools and... um, these are just some ideas, things that I've found useful. People over the years have found useful. If you find something else useful, I don't really mind. Whatever it is, whatever it involves, pursue the presence of God and make it a greater reality in every aspect of your life. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. It's a bit like a compass. When you do some of these disciplines, if you've got a compass, I could have brought mine in, and you, you just shake it, whirl it around, and you put it down, it will point to magnetic north. And as we do these exercises, it becomes easier and easier. Whatever situation you are in, when it's even chaotic and you feel like you've been thrown around and around and around, just to bring your awareness to God. That's why it's worship. Because when our hearts or our magnetic north in us is pointing towards God, then we're worshiping. So I'm going to ask the, the band to come up. And I think Nigel's also going to help in ministry but there's a couple of areas I really uh, feel that God wants to do stuff this morning and kind of challenges. One was that when I talked about finding God in your situation, some of you are in particularly hard situations or you're aware of, as you look forward into Christmas, you're aware that hard situations are there. And you're finding it hard to find God. You're finding it hard to find Wally in that picture. And so I want to just invite you and this morning, just to come forward and just for somebody just to just pray with you, to stand with you as you seek to find God in that situation. Particularly, uh, like the thing I mentioned before, and I said Stephen spoke to me, um, and even some of the songs um, this, um, this morning we sang were to do with hope. That particularly God wants to bring fresh hope and joy into certain situations in people's lives. And secondly, again, as Eric shared earlier, and we can add some time to respond, but I want to stress it again, with the tie-dye and the radiators. As I've been sharing, some of you have been thinking, I haven't allowed God to come into certain areas of my life. It might be things like a work situation, it might be into a relationship, just fill in the gap. But we want to create again that opportunity for you to just come forward and say, God, as, a, as you come forward, it's a kind of an intention, it's a declaration, it's saying, God, as I come forward, I'm, I just realized I haven't allowed you into that relationship, into that situation. Please come. Does that make sense? So, should I just. Yeah, why don't we stand? It's a band leads us in, in worship. And if some of those things that I just talked about, you really feel like they resemble where you are, don't wait till the, the band finishes. Just start coming to the front and to receive some prayer. And also, if you can, don't feel it applies to you, um, we could really do some of you also coming to the front just to, just to pray for people.